yes, you are in. Fry dudes are back. And after that last episode, you need a palate cleanser, a shot of ginger after that spicy roll or a shot of milk after that spicy wing. And for those that can handle it, here's some steak too. Fry dudes going old school, reading and reacting, reading and reacting. Here you go. Now I'm burying, looking head for sand I didn't hear a thing I've got to be, you've got to know Begging you please, bear in my soul I want it all, I can't believe Yeah, we got it. That's Nate, that's for Kira Guapo. Thanks, man. Fried dudes are back. It's been it's been a while. I love these guys so much. I've already been in forty five minutes of prayers and petition and giving thanks. And I, I'm challenging these guys. I'll challenge you too. Listen, we're going to get into Luke here momentarily. Hot rods teed up. Uh, listen, uh, Philippians four six through seven is coming to mind as we get bogged down in in, in worry and anxiety, especially with everything going on in this world. What's ever agitating? I'm going to challenge you. Uh, we, we, a lot of us pray and we ask and we ask and we ask. I'm going to think, I want to encourage you to think of the person in your life that's always asking and just taking, um, you need to be giving thanks. You have to find the things in life that are worth you giving thanks. And whether it's a sunrise or a sunset or a baby being born or, or whatever it is, um, if you just two to one, I'm going to encourage you at least to go two to one when you're praying, lifting more up positive and giving thanks versus just asking. Um, and Philippians four through six through seven is pretty simple, man. It just says, "Give thanks. Do not be anxious about anything. Give thanks for everything. Prayers and petition. And if you do that enough, you will experience God's peace." So, all right, Hot Rod, we got Luke seven teed up, right, brother? Why don't you just bring it? Sounds good. And if you hear the birds chirping in the background, it's fitting that we're reading John the Baptist because we're outside right now at Sandpoint Point Park. So. Love it. A little bit of nature. Let's go. The disciples of John the Baptist told John everything about Jesus that Jesus was doing. So when John called for two of his disciples, and he sent them to the, to the Lord to ask him, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him, John the Baptist sent us to ask, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? At that time, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illness, and even evil spirits, and he restored sight to many who were blind. Then he told John's disciples, Go back to John and tell him that you have, what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. After John's disciples left, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go to the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed, swaying, swayed by every breath of wind? Are, are you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No. People who wear beautiful clothes and live in luxury are found in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he's more than a prophet. John is the man whom the scriptures refer to when they say, Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, 
and he will prepare your way, the way before you. I tell you, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John. Yet, even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than he. When they heard this, all the people, even the tax collectors, agreed that Jesus, that God was, God's way was right, for they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and experts in religious law rejected God's plan for them, for they had refused John's baptism. To what can I prepare the people of this generation, Jesus asked. They are like children playing a game in the public square. They complained to their friends. We played wedding songs and you didn't dance. So we played funeral songs and you didn't weep. For John the Baptist didn't spend his time eating bread or drinking wine, and you say he's possessed by a demon. The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard, and a friend of the tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by the lives of those who follow it. Awesome. Thank you, Ha Rob. All right, guys, what, what did you hear? What popped takes the last line. Bring it pulled. Somebody read it for me. I don't have my cheaters, but wisdom is shown to be right by the lives of those who follow it. There you go. Remember what the beginning of all mm-hmm. wisdom is. Mm-hmm. Fear, Fear the, the Lord. Lord. Yeah. Man, we just talked about which was right before that. Yeah, it was last week. Yeah. Uh, yeah one thing I think of, when I hear that verse is like in today's world, there's so many false prophets out there and I kind of mm-hmm. get frustrated sometimes, you know, people say they're prophets and all that. No, they're probably a false prophet and all that, but you know, maybe one of those really is not a <clears throat> false prophet. So what this is telling me is like, it's not in the moment that you would make that decision, but it's over the, the test of time. So as you see that person, how they live their life and how they, how they do things over time is kind of, Kind of a truer test than that at that point in time. So, man, I, I love I that, think that. Like Jesus and John the Baptist, maybe if I was there in that point in time, maybe I would think that they were demon possessed or wacko or something like that. But, but over time, they've definitely proven themselves that they don't sway with the wind, as it says in this verse. Man, I, uh, that's so good, finisher. It, it, immediately, you know, that recurring theme we've had on Fridays is just um, it's easy to debate God. That's why we have so many atheists, but it's really really hard to argue results, right? And that whether both talking about someone on their deathbed and they're, are they still proclaiming their faith and their hope to, you know, Casey, if I may just go back to team world vision a little bit, right? You had the guy that was on the fringe and wasn't quite sure in all this, but he sees team world vision, all these people loving and helping and serving and handing out water. That's wisdom and results. I mean, that's a part of it, right? Seeing it in action, just not talking about it. That's, that is, I think that's what they're going for here, right? Yeah, I recently heard, oh, go ahead, Bold. Oh, there's a a piece I read about 35 years ago when my father-in-law passed away. Um, The pastor told me that if you're a Christian and you're on your last hour you will wake up out of your coma or your sleep. You'll sit up 
and you'll recognize everybody's smile, and then you go back to sleep and pass away. And I said, so what the hell does that mean? <laughs> you know, he said, what it means is that there's been a lot of research that people that have been died and come back, they're, they're saying is that Jesus' hand is reaching out for them and they see him. And they're saying their last goodbyes before they pass away. And um, I don't know why I thought of that, but something hit me from some of these verses where the book of Luke is really a documentary. Mm -hmm. If you read it like a documentary, that's what it is. Because he did all the research. Um, it, it's a very strong depiction of Christ's life. Right on. Because he talked to everybody. It's, if you read Matthew, Mark, and John, Luke is nothing like that. Sure, he has everything in it that the other three do, but it's more in-depth. It's more detailed. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. Bold, I, I, Casey, I know you got something. I'm going to tee you up, and then anyone else that wants to add on that. I just want to make sure. Uh, it's talking about death, right? And some of these, someone listening, maybe is not sure on all this. Um, there is an episode called "What Happens When You Die." It was done at, shortly after Milk had lost his father-in-law, and uh, it's a captivating listen. Talks about 13 million. Talk about documenting like Luke did. 13 million Americans documenting that actually flatlined and came back and what they saw. So that's at the tail end of twenty one. You can find that what happens when you die. But Casey, were you going to say you were going to say something before bold? Right? What did what, what did you have there? Oh man, there's so much just out of what bold said. Um, <laughs> that's what. Uh-oh. That's the beauty of this yeah, that I'm, popcorn. <laughs> yeah. So I was, well, was going to say, you, I, hey Casey, hold on. Of course, it's the busy season for me, so I got to go. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm glad you made it bold. Bold's off to work. I got you. Casey, there you go. I will listen to it. I will listen to it. Perfect. That's why we do this. So I was just going to say, I recently heard a, uh, a quote that I really loved, and that is, um, the spiritual currency of spiritual knowledge, not biblical accuracy, it's love. Mm, and so yeah. what, what, what was being said is, there are people who are very biblically accurate, right? And so they're like, this is what the Bible says, yeah. and let me quote this verse for you, and let me quote this verse for you, and they're not doing it in love. And so they can be extremely accurate, but they're still pushing people away because it's not done in love. Yeah. And so I heard another quote that I love, and that is, um, speaking the words of Jesus without the way of Jesus is to not follow Jesus. Wow. And so it's like, that is so, it's so convicting. And you, I don't crazy Casey, because the one line that I was really like chewing over right now is when Jesus said, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. And I was going to kick it to you as the uh, resident researcher <laughs> to tell me what that meant. And I think you just did. Wow. That's so good. Go ahead, yeah. Uh, well, so so if we go to the beginning, because that's just how I work. It, 
So Bold just jumped straight to the end, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! That's not how my <laughs> mind works. Like you have to go, you have to go verse by verse through. Like that's just how I go. Um, so if you go to the beginning, what's beautiful about this story? There's sirens going on in the back. Um, so if you go to the beginning of what we just read, you see, you see John the Baptist questioning Jesus, like, "Are you really the one?" And what's interesting about this is if you were to jump to uh, Matthew 3, you would see in 13 that it says, Then Jesus went to Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John the Baptist. But John tried to talk him out of it, saying, I am I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. So why are you coming to me? And so it's evident that John knows that Jesus is the one, and yet the thing with persecution, especially spiritual persecution, which I've recently been walking through, is it can it can muddle your mind in such a way that you question the facts. Like your feelings can overpower what is actually true. And so that's what's happening here with John. And then that's why Jesus says... Um, that's why Jesus ends up encouraging John, what you just read, um, Rod, that, that's what you're reading. Is he's saying, don't fall away. Like, don't stay strong. Like, I know what you're feeling right now, but just stay strong in the faith. And so you're seeing this beautiful encouragement between what Jesus says is John the Baptist is the greatest human being other than Jesus to ever walk the earth. And so you're seeing this beautiful engagement between John the Baptist and Jesus, and yet Jesus still has to encourage this man. Mm. And so if you ever doubt, just take that as encouragement. I don't care how spiritual you are. If you ever doubt, and you will, just know that Jesus is encouraging you. Mm. That's so good. You know, also what I like about that reading is over and over again, you know how I love how Jesus calls out the religious elite. I love how he, he uses hypocrites a lot. Because uh, I just it helps me build the bridge to the fringe, right? Because they're frustrated with religion, and the other again going full circle there. The the theme I love is love. It, the measure stick is love. I mean, if you're truly tuned into Christ, you will be loving. You will. It should be some of the most kindest people you will meet in life. And truth, a lot of these Christians that I do my little quotation marks. This is where Vaquero Guapo would fit in perfectly with the fringe, but. Um, they're not loving. You're exactly right, Casey. They, they, they spout out verses, and but it's just, it's like vipers, right? It's what Jesus talks about. And, and these religious people were not buying in at that time at all. They're just like, you're, they, they were just, they could quote the Torah up and down, man, but they, there was no love. It was gone. It was lost. They're just, they're just caught up in words. Um, anyway, I would, I would, I would much rather take someone that's loving versus someone that's religious. Seriously, I think that's what Jesus' point was. Quit getting caught up so much into the religion. Um, you need to love. That's what you need to be. That's that's what that's what this is all about. Anyway, open for correction and edits on that. And and the crowd goes silent. Go ahead. We just had that. The whole love thing, like, yeah, it's been running in my head the whole time here, but what, because that's, 
you know, that's how they will know you're my disciples. So that whole picture, Casey, at the end of the marathon. But what stood out to me were verses 21 and 22. And just with, um, yeah. put that together with the prayer request for today, because I think in Western civilization, we hear this different than the Jews. Um, many years back, the idea, like I grew up in a church where salvation was someday. Salvation is heaven. Um, but, and then somewhere in this life, I learned that that's very different for, from the Jewish mindset. The Messiah, like the healing here was a picture of the healing in heaven. It's a both and, not a Sunday. Um, so that, that just stood out to me as far as Jesus curing people of their diseases, illnesses, evil spirits, restoring sight. Um, and it's, it's a, that whole both and thing just blows me away. Thank you for that bolt. You know, what's interesting is, you know, we talk about Jewish, like they're two separate people and Jesus was a Jew, right? And so is Luke. And so is Matt, Mark, John. It's just almost like Christians, right? Christians, with Jewish, like some see it this way, some saw it that way, right? Just same thing with Christians. Some get so caught up in uh, uh, hellfire and brimstone and, and rattling up verses. And then there's Christians who believe we got to love, like Jesus loved, and serve people on the streets and encourage and just get out there. And it, you know what I mean? I want to make sure. I don't know why. I got that. That just hit me. Uh, that's, a, that's a kind of a weird take. But thank you, Bull. I really appreciate your words. <laughs> that was Gene. Sorry. That was Gene talking. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was you, but I didn't know that you were even on the line. He 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 came to see you, Casey, and then you stood him up. Oh my bad. <laughs> you said, well, Marcus said that you weren't even in town. I know. I, was I told him you were come, and then Marcus said you were out of town. I leave tonight. Surprise! We're in Colorado for three days, and then home two days, and then Michigan next week. So next week I'm I'm gone. All right. Plenty of frequent you know what I love about the post and is it reminds us that eternity doesn't start when we die. It starts when we're first born. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the it's same eternity journey. after death is right now. Right. Dude, that's deep. That's a spiritual bonk hit right there. <laughs> a, a buddy of mine. I know. Who, people- Passed away in February. We talked quite a bit the last year he was with us. And one of the conversations we had was me kind of explaining my frustration with some of my teenage granddaughters, how they're (laughs) very difficult and they don't listen. And he just, he, he, what he heard from me is when I tell them to to do something or ask him to do something, he says, you're probably not. And these were his words. Remember to sprinkle it with grace. And that's mm-hmm. that that love that you have to do yeah. that the state here we read is exactly what flashed through my head when you guys were reading this. Is yes. that's what he reminded me we need to do. If you don't do it out of love, yes, and put some kindness in it, you're 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 doing what religion does. You know, you know, you're laying down the law, period, and walking away. Versus maybe because we we loved you and we care about you. And you got to get that in front so they listen to the rest. That's a tattoo I need on the inside of my eyelid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I had a, that's good. That's awesome. Week, I had a moment at work this week where um, 
I, I work with some pretty tough characters. Mm-hmm. Um, many are court ordered. And um, with COVID, we started doing hybrid. Well, it was all online for a while, and now we're at a hybrid where some come in the office, some are on <clears throat> monitor. And this guy stopped us in the middle of a of a group this week, and he's like, "Can I just say, when I was online, Gene, you like you take no BS. You look at me with those beady eyes, and you're just like all <laughs> over me." And this different experience in the office. I said, "So what I'm getting from this." Is uh, online. I'm a dick. <laughs> it was just interesting how that. And again, I think it, it, he was pulling trap, and I wasn't letting him away with it. And I'm, I try to make super clear with people I work with, like we're gonna hold the line of love at times, but we've got to. Sometimes we have. If it's new to them, they don't. They don't know that it's because we care. Yeah. Top log. Yeah. That's so good, Gene. I love it. Uh, it reminds me, there, there was an earlier episode on this on Fridays where it said, thou shall not be a dick. But uh, yeah. it's it's true. It, that, was, that was one of the earlier ones. But right, are you a jerk? Are you a jerk? Then you're probably not selling Jesus very well when you're a jerk. But we all have our moments, right? If you want to sweeten that up a little bit, just say, don't be a Richard. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I typically would not say that to a client, um, but it was one of those moments where by spinning it, like it, it sticks for him. Sure. Um, well, it probably showed humanity too. Like, oh, like here he saw you as this cut and dry, you know, rug, <clears throat> like, you know, it's, it's either black or it's white. And he's, you showed him some gray in there. And yeah. Well, yeah. relatable. And that's, and that's an interesting thing too. Um, just having grown up and worked in the church and now working with some people who are felons, like it, it, it's given me a different feel for, you know, <laughs> trying to be things for all people or meet them where they're at. It's, it's, it's really a different, it's a different look. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's interesting. Going back to uh, 21, 22, where, where you had mentioned, uh, where it says Jesus healed the blind, um, cast out evil spirits and whatnot. Um, and so 22 says, Jesus says, go back to John and tell him what you've seen and heard, that I, that I make the blind see, the lame walk, and those with left leprosy are cured. The deaf here and the dead raised from are, are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And it's so easy for us to say, why? Like, what did is Jesus bragging on himself? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Why did he tell John this? Um, the reason is actually because John would have known the Old Testament, and so I say this all the time. Like, I always want to go back to the Old Testament because that's what the Jewish people before. I mean, the New Testament wasn't written for years after Jesus died. So every time Jesus says something, the Jews are interpreting it through the Old Testament. And so here's what Isaiah 35, starting in 4 says. Wow, deep And this is, a sign, this is a sign for the Messiah. And so it says, So to those with fearful hearts, say, 
Be strong and do not fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like deer, and those who cannot speak will go away singing with joy. And did you notice that it said, your God is coming to destroy? It doesn't say a prophet is coming to destroy. It doesn't say um, simply the Messiah is coming to destroy. It says, your God. And so this is, this is a testimony of Jesus saying, yeah, you know who I am? Here's a sign of what I'm saying. Your God is here. Man, Casey, thank you, man. I love when you bring in the old with the new. That was written, what, 700 so years before Jesus even hit the earth, right? So uh, that's amazing. By the way, I am going to go the one-minute challenge. We'll wrap on this part. But any any final comments? Anyone else want to get something across? We're going to end on the walk-off home run, huh? All right, Brother Casey, thank you.